front stage. It's The Premise with Dino Tripodis. Dino's guest tonight from hashtag comedy Sarah Storer. Special guest comedian Jason Banks. And today's contestants, improv comedian Ben Ledick and stand-up comedian Travis Irvine. Guest bottle Cooper's Craft 100 Proof Bourbon. And now, Dino Tripodis. And welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey and the premiere of, let me hear it, The Premise! I am your host and two-time Dancing with the Stars champion, Dino Tripodis. <laughs> yeah, this lady's going, no, 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 no you're not. At best, you're a, a whiskey-bloated Donny Osmond. That's it, that's at the very best. But I can't thank you enough for being here to kick off what we're doing here tonight with The Premise. Let me explain it to you very quickly. What you're gonna see tonight, aside from some great special comedy guests this evening, right over there in that corner is the writer's table. Two very brave comedic souls will be given a comedy premise that they've never seen or heard prior to tonight. They will have 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up material, which they will then perform for you the upfront stage audience, and you will determine the winner, yes? So let me give it up for Travis Irvine. That's one of the competitors. Let him hear it, uh, Travis. And Ben Ledick, you'll meet them in just a little bit. Now, one of the things, for those of you familiar with the Whiskey Business Podcast, if you listened before, I usually start off the podcast um, with a monologue of sorts that pertains to the subject matter at hand for said podcast, be it the theme of the podcast or the guest on the podcast. And I was thinking, what would I do for that this evening? And what popped into my mind was uh, firsts. I mean, this is the first installment of the premise. And it's the first time we've been on the upfront stage here at Shadowbox Live. And I started thinking about other firsts that you probably think of and remember as well. Uh, first loves, yes. First kiss, yes. First time you had sex, yes. First jobs, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember my first job was in 1972. I was 13 years old, and I worked at the Broadway Grill for $1 an hour. I worked five days a week, 12 hours a day, and got paid $60 in cash under the table by the owner, and I was rich, goddammit, I was rich! Rich, I say! 13 years of age with $60, and I was flaunting it, baby, yeah! I go to Antonucci's Grocery, see a pretty girl buying a quarter's worth of penny candy, Mr. Antonucci, that's on me, that's on me. And while you're at it, throw in a mallow cup for the pretty little girl. And if you're laughing at Mallow Cup, fuck, you're old, all right? That's, you're old. I remember the first time I got paid as a headliner in a, in a, in a comedy club. I got $1,300 for the week for seven shows, less than eight hours of work. I'm rolling in it, baby. I was spreading it around like nobody's business, walking into McDonald's and seeing a pretty lady up front. I go, that order's on me. 
and throw in a shamrock shake while you're at it. Yeah, I got it to burn. I remember my first, my first contract at Sunny 95, the station that I used to work at, was for $40,000 a year. More money than I'd ever made in my entire life. I was amazed at how much money I was making. And the money went up, sir. It went up. It kept going up into the high five figures, eventually into the six figures. You're in a new tax bracket. What, what, what do you mean? What the fuck's a new tax bracket? <laughs> I bought a house. I leased a new car, big screen TVs. And then last June, I left the radio station. And in July, there was no money. Or in August. In fact, for the last year, there's been no money. I have devoted my time and efforts to this podcast and other creative ventures, writing, films, etc., etc. And I've made no money until tonight, here on the upfront stage at Shadowbox Live with a paid audience to see the premiere of the premise. And it's not lost on me that after we divvy up the proceeds and Shadow Box gets what they get and I pay what everybody else needs to get, that I'm going to walk out of here with $60 in cash, baby. I've come full circle. I'm rich. Rich, I tell you, rich. All right, are you guys ready to start the premise? Yes? Wait, 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 Dino. Dino, Dino, Dino. What? You, you can't leave us hanging. What about, uh, you know, the first time you had sex? Come on. No. Yeah, come Shit. on. You guys want to hear this, we're right? Now, we're, we're, how much time we got? We got, we got four minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> Three minutes and 30 seconds longer than it actually lasted. As a... Hey, you people really want your $10 worth. Um... All right. The first time I had sex where I lost my virginity, where my man cherry was stolen. <laughs> it's my story, bitch. Let me finish it. And I say bitch with all love and everything I can conjure up. When that happened, I was 14 years of age. Yes, my first job at 13, I lost my virginity at 14. I like to do things chronologically. I, I killed my first man at 15. That's a true story. But it happened uh, on an island in Greece, and I lost it to an older young lady, a French girl uh, who was, uh, I believe, 18, but for the... For the sake of legal reasons and the innocence of the story, let's say she was 17 and a half. <laughs> and I saw her at a party three nights earlier from across the room. And as she was leaving the party, she, uh, she came up to me and she kissed me on the cheek and said in her little French accent, you are so very cute. <laughs> and... and with all due respect, I was. I was fucking adorable at 14 years of age. 
I was. I was very, very, very cute. But I was so flushed with excitement after that kiss that all I could do was bound around and say, she said I was cute. She thinks I'm cute. I'm cute. And, and whatever was covering my big red nose popped off, and all the other reindeer made fun of me. <laughs> then later, I was down on the beach playing in the, in the sand, and... And she, and she walked up to me and said hello again. And I said, hello. And she said, would you like to walk on the beach with me? And I said, yes, I would. So I put away my trucks. And uh, <laughs> I was 14. Tonka still had a big influence in my life. And as we walked down the beach and became more and more isolated, she turned around and kissed me like I'd never been kissed before. And then she took off the top of her swimsuit to expose her naked breasts. And I kept saying to myself, I think I actually whispered it out loud, they're real. <laughs> Not like fake boobs, real boobs. I mean, that's the first time I saw boobs as a 14-year-old boy. And I go, oh, look, they're real. They really have them. It's not just like in the movies and pictures. Oh, my God. And then she started to take off my shirt and my shorts, and I became a 14-year-old version of Jerry Lewis. I'm like, lady, lady, whoa, whoa, lady, what are you doing? Stop taking off the shirt and the shorts that's going over the hard penis. And then just like that, I was Dean Martin. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. We walked on back afterwards. For some reason, I had a drink in one hand, a cigarette in another, and was wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> What's everybody doing on my beach? Are you ready to start the premise now? There's your sex story, ladies and gentlemen. How about it? Yeah? All right, let's get going. Here we go. Whiskey Business is on the World Wide Web. Subscribe for Whiskey Business uh, and iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Rate and review us because it helps with the show's matrix, matrixes, matrixes. I'm not sure that really that word is. No, no. I'm still not quite sure how to say that word, no. What is it? Matrix or matrices? Get this. There we go. Yeah, I don't know, but move on. All right. <laughs> but you can find uh, all of the archive episodes. We've got a, a deep archive there, plus all the new episodes. Uh, YouTube is on, or uh, Whiskey Business is on YouTube. Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Subscribe. You can find uh, fun, unedited videos, plus bonus videos. We're on the Facebook, the Instawebs, and uh, Twitter. Plus, tell all your friends all about us. All right, Hansberry. Greg Hansberry, Thank everybody. You. Give him some love. He is, he is the producer mm -hmm. extraordinaire. What a lot of you don't know who don't listen to Whiskey Business, we always, always have a guest bottle on the show. Sometimes the guest bottle is almost as important, if not more important, than the actual guest. And tonight's guest bottle, this is our 97th bottle on Whiskey Business. We have a different bottle every week. That's the only running theme. A different bottle every week that I share with my guests. And this is Cooper's Craft, uh, 100 uh, proof bourbon whiskey kentucky straight bourbon whiskey yeah it's made by the good folks at brown foreman they are not a sponsor but let me look right at the camera you could be i'm freezing for the instagram photo uh, this is actually, uh, we love whiskeys that are under 50 bucks a bottle. This one goes for about 29 bucks a bottle, and I'm, and I'm here to tell you people, mm, it's a bourbon value. It really is. So if you want a, something that's uh, not too expensive on your 
a whiskey shelf, the Cooper's Craft is way to go. Are you ready for our first guest? Tell me yes. Our first guest tonight, before we get to our competitors, who we'll meet just a little bit, Travis and Ben will be up here in just a moment. Also, special appearance by my good friend Jason Banks. But our first guest is the director of Hashtag Comedy, which, yes, which can be seen right here on the upfront stage every Wednesday and the first, third Fridays of the month. She was most recently on our podcast on Whiskey Business with her show. It's entitled, if you want to look it up, the show is entitled My Uterus is a Bounce House. Her words, not mine. Please welcome the lovely and talented Sarah Storer. She is, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. I introduced you as lovely and talented. That's which, so nice. Which is nice, but do you take compliments well? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, give them to me. Yeah. Because, you know, with, with, with comedians, with comedians, I've often found that they're one of two ways. They're either uh, extremely self-confident and just want nothing but, you know, it's all self-important, or they're extremely self-loathing, and, oh. they, and they don't believe anything that anybody tells them. So when I say you know, you're lovely and talented. I say thank you. And concur? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So I don't, does that put me in what category? Like supremely no, self-confident? No, no, but I, well, let's talk about that for just a second. Sure. Let's talk about self-confidence. Yeah. You think yeah. it's important in what you do, don't you? I think it's extremely por important uh, for comedy in general, but for improv, for sure. You have to just be confident that like you can carry something off in the moment whether you succeed or you fail, and then you have to be confident if you fail that you can get up and do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. What have you failed at in life? Um, most things, relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of things. I mean, I fail at shows all the time. That's all. But you get back up. Get back up, you do it again. And yeah. do it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you have a really good one, does that carry on to the next one? Or is it just like, you know, that one was so cool, and I'm good, and... Yeah, that buoys you for like the next time that like you really mess up. Cause you can remember like, remember Sarah, when you were brilliant, somebody gave you the word dog and like you went for 30 minutes and were incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, that helps when you mess up for sure. Uh, let me talk, ask you this, let me, uh, memorable firsts since oh. you heard some of that in the beginning of the oh. uh, discussion. What, what would be a memorable first for you? Oh man, um, let's see. Uh, I will. I'll just go ahead and lay it all out. Um, the oh, please do. The first kiss with my ex-husband was um, on our wedding day. Whoa, 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 whoa! The very first kiss. The very first kiss with your now ex-husband. Oh yeah, that didn't last long. You gotta, you gotta try on those shoes. Was on your <laughs> wedding day. Was on our now, wedding not, day. Now I see some people on their wedding day when they, when you may now kiss the bride, they go for it, and yeah. some people do a very polite. There's people watching. You know, let's yeah. let's make it pretty for the cameras. Kiss. So when he gave you that first kiss. Yep. My grandpa was there. And he, he watched it. And? And it was fine. Oh, God. <laughs> there was no 
larger <laughs> passive aggressive word in the female <laughs> vernacular than the word fine, fine ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. Fine. It was, it was fine. It was Your fine. first kiss was fine. It was I did it in front of 400 people because that's how many people came because it was an open invitation. My dad's a minister, so it was an open invitation to the church. And just everybody was like, a wedding, I'm there. And they came. And uh, yeah, so my first kiss ever with this person that I, uh, he's a very sweet man, but I was not in love with him. Um, If you're not in love with him, why'd you get married? We talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, we did, a little bit. Yeah, please look that up. That's a a story for another time. but yeah, that uh, that was a fun time. Um, legalism is bad, y'all. Thank you. I got a clap from the drunk ladies in the back. Thank you. That's my table right there. So when you had the first kiss on your wedding day, yep. and you said to yourself, "Well, that was fine." <laughs> Did you anticipate that uh, what would follow would be wow, really adequate? <laughs> I, I literally I literally didn't know what to anticipate. Like that's I was a very sheltered young woman and I think I hoped that everything would be fixed that night in a magical moment, which is not how it works, friends. Yeah. I know. Thank you, drunk ladies. Well, let me ask you this. Let's 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 get away from that yeah. less than memorable. Yeah. Fine kiss. <laughs> it was fine, you guys. What do you still want to do that would be a first? Oh, I would love to be in a relationship where one of us dies. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Go on. <laughs> where one of us dies or? I mean, both of us dying is also okay, but like. Oh, nice. So like every relationship ends except for the one that doesn't, right? So all of mine have ended. I would love to be in one that like. You know, nobody was mad at the other person, just somebody dies. <laughs> Is that terrible? How romantic. I am. But would you thinking. like to be the survivor? Oh, or? for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, and. And, yeah. and uh, would you have a whole. Uh, when you say something like that, <laughs> that makes me think that you've already kind of staged how you'll be wow. and what you'll oh. say and how con- you'll react. Mm, and- I'm not condoning murder. <laughs> I would just like us to be together for a length of time where it could be possible for one of us to kick it. And I hope it's not me. Is that wrong? <laughs> Drunk ladies, is that bad? Thank you. And, and would you would you would you be able to move on after that? No, I um, picture me just taking the single dumb that I have now that I'm super content in, and then just adding a layer of tragedy on top of it <laughs> to make me just like this untouchable figure. Yeah. <laughs> Did it get dark? <laughs> let me let me just ask some of the single men in the room tonight. Uh, <laughs> Who uh, wants uh, to uh, date uh, me? Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this the girl for you guys? Let me hear it. One of us is gonna <laughs> die. It's probably you. Yeah. This is why I date younger a lot because I like I like to play with those odds. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that is that do you do you subscribe to dating websites at all? Are you going, I do. And um, is that on there? One of you is gonna, <laughs> one of us is gonna die, and it might I, be you. I will tell you what my my line is right now on Bumble. It is what is Bumble? Um, Bumble is uh, sort of like Tinder, but the woman has to talk first. So you're not gonna get like <laughs> dick pics automatically in your inbox if you both like each other. Yeah, so they'll still send you those. Thank you. Yeah, they'll send you those later, but it's after you've said hello. Um, which is so nice. Uh, so my line on Bumble is, um, I was going to put, I hope you like butts here, but my friends have advised against it. That's my current Bumble line. And how's that working out for you? You know? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's going so well. I have not talked to anyone. So it's going really well. Yeah. yeah. So no, 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 no stings from Bumble? Yeah. No, sometimes they... Why is it called Bumble? You can ask, you know why? Because it's it, the bees. The bees? Of bumble? like the birds and the bees. Like the birds and the bees. But just the bees not are just, taking not over. Not just like you'll just bumble or stumble into a oh, relationship. Oh, no. Or... This is about lovely bees getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what else you got coming up that we should know about before we uh, oh, yeah. move on here tonight. Uh, so tomorrow evening we're doing uh, My Baby, which is TBD, the improvised musical. So the audience gives us a title and we go for 90 minutes. Uh, fully improvised musical, improvised songs, storyline, everything. And that's uh, tomorrow at the Green Room at the Short North Stage. And uh, we're raising uh, money for Pelotonia with that show. That's awesome. Thank you. We've got some friends here tonight that yes. raise money for Pelotonia, so that's a nice little there, Blair. That's cool, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, coming up soon, I don't have an exact date, but we also do an improvised musical show called Ladies Who Lounge. It's an all-female um, or female-identifying cast, and um, it's sort of like the old Vegas lounge shows, but without the uh, misogyny and racism, um, <laughs> and it's wonderful. Yeah. And let me ask you one other question before we go. You know, you, you remember being on the podcast, yes. and we had a guest bottle, but you came out with your own cocktail. So right, was that your passive-aggressive way of saying you did not want to drink my whiskey? No, I will drink your whiskey. You this will drink was, my uh, whiskey? Yeah. Yeah? What do you drink? What do you got there? This is just a, um, a, a trashy gin and tonic. A trashy gin and tonic. Yeah. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong. Those ladies know. Yeah. Gin, gin was my, was my first... Uh, steady beverage when I was in college. Yeah, it's very palatable. Gin and tonics yeah. were, were, were what I started drinking it first. I didn't start drinking whiskey till I, you know. This is gonna murder me. Grew up a little Thank bit. <laughs> well, that's gonna not work out well for your plan now, is it? It is not, <laughs> it is not, touche, yes. Before it's all said and done. Everybody, Sarah Storer, let her hear it right Thank there. You. Right here at Hashtag every Wednesday and the second and First and third Fridays, First and third typically, Fridays. but tomorrow we're at Short North Stage. Uh, so yep. At the Short North Stage, except mm -hmm. for that. So thank you for being here. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Are you guys ready to meet your competitors? <laughs> Are you ready to meet the brave souls that will go head-to-head -to -head tonight for your entertainment? Shall we do it? Yeah? <laughs> All right. Coming up. On stage first, he is an L.A.-based improviser, has performed at Second City, and he hosts the conversation and music-making podcast, Ongs. Please welcome to the stage Ben Ledick, everybody. Ben Ledick! There's Ben Ledick. Thank you, Ben. Competing against Ben this evening. Comedian, journalist, filmmaker, and unsuccessful politician. His work has been on Viceland, the Huff Post, and can be heard on Sirius Satellite Radio. He also ran for the governor 
of Ohio, and apparently, one vote. <laughs> he did it. That did not work out. Please welcome the ambitious Travis Irvine, ladies and gentlemen, right here. All right, gentlemen, 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 thank you so much for being here this evening. Let me explain to you what's going to happen, but I think you already know. Tonight, both of you, come on stage. Come on stage. Come on stage. Come on stage. In fact, right up to that microphone right there, if you don't mind. Yeah. Come on up. Each of you will be handed a premise this evening. I have a coin here that we will flip. Travis will flip the coin. There's a little heads there, and there's nothing on the back there for tails. Nothing up my sleeve. I'm not a fucking magician. Here we go. <laughs> Travis will call the, the flip on this first one. When we come up to perform later, Ben will get the choice and first right of refusal to pick. But Travis will flip the coin and decide which premise he gets. There are two premises in each sealed envelope right here. Simple comedy premises that you've never seen. When you will take these premises, you will go to the writer's table right over there that is sitting in the dark with one bottle of water and one donut. Now let me take a moment to give somebody their props. The creator of the premise is my video producer, John Whitney. Give him some love right there, everybody. And the reason there is just one bottle of water and one donut, John Whitney is an asshole. <laughs> and proud of it. So, these are the two premises. This is the coin. Travis, you get to... Uh, So, Travis, call heads or tails? Heads. Heads it is. You get to choose between premise one or premise two. Number two all day, Dino. Number two all day. Take the premise and open it up, please, and read it to the audience. Oh, oh. I didn't know we were getting into this. I didn't either, Sarah. Mm. Ben, you have premise number one. <laughs> Travis has never opened an envelope. Here we go. Uh, I, I only get emails these days. <clears throat> there it is. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys ready for my premise? Can I get a drum roll? Drum roll for the premise. Premise number two is going through TSA security at the airport. <laughs> Off you go to the table. Ben, come up here with your premise. You have premise number one. Hey, hey, everybody. I got premise number one. And uh, we can all relate to this. Uh, forced to go shopping at Ikea with girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, and their mother. No, not the mother. We put girlfriend, wife, and boyfriend because we just don't know who we're getting up on stage anymore these days. And we don't judge here on Whiskey Business. So there are the two premises. Ladies and gentlemen, can you relate to those two premises? Those two gentlemen now have, start the clock, 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up material, which they will then perform for you live on this stage. And you, the audience, will determine who is the winner. The winner will get a bottle of Maker's Mark for hitting the mark. The loser will get a $10 bottle of Kentucky Gentleman. There's actually more whiskey in this bottle than there is in Maker's Mark. And I think that should be their slogan. It sucks, but there's more. 
and the ultimate loser in the competition will receive the Bill Cosby album I started out as a child which may explain a whole lot when it's all said and done so ladies and gentlemen give them a round of applause and wish them well for the next 17 and a half minutes as we bring on our very special guest for this evening ladies and gentlemen I'm so excited he can join us on our first show uh, Jason Banks has uh, uh, yeah Jason Banks has been on True TV's Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks. You can hear him on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, also Kevin Hart's LOL Network. He's had the pleasure and the honor of performing on the Apollo Theater stage, and I'm so, so thrilled that he actually found time to join us right here on the upfront stage uh, for the premise. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, based right out of here in Columbus, but I predict not for long, the incredible Jason Banks. Uh, real quick, guys, one more time for me. Let me hear that again. That, that made me feel good, man. I like when white people clap for me, man. It <laughs> makes me tingle, makes my soul dance with white people. I like when anybody claps. Man. Remember when you're little, you're getting potty trained, you would pee in the toilet, and your parents would clap for you? I used to love that shit, man. <laughs> it made me feel like I was good at something, you know? Like, sometimes today I'll be taking a pee and I'll look down and think to myself, you still got it, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you haven't lost a step. Look at you go. I look at the guy at the urinal next to me like, could you clap or say something nice? I'm over here being a big boy and shit. <laughs> you guys are cool. Hey, up, up front, I want to let you guys know I'm a friendly comedian. I don't make fun of the crowd. Uh, reason being, I can't fight. <laughs> and I don't need to get my ass beat after the show. I made fun of one guy one time. He comes up to me after the show. He's like, hey man, you ain't nothing but a bitch. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, you wouldn't hit a bitch, would you? Like, <laughs> I'm safe, right? You're a gentleman, I assume. <laughs> I got kids, I gotta go home, man. I don't like to fight nowadays. I feel like fighting back in the day was easier. Cause first of all, they would tell you where they're gonna beat your ass at. They'd be like, yo bro, meet me at the playground at 3.30. You know where the fuck I wouldn't be at 3.30? <laughs> motherfucking playground man I'd, I'd be in the office snitching like I think he's at the playground <laughs> you guys want to talk to him he's crazy like I learned how to fight cause I got kids man got a set of twins I've been trying to do a lot more with them man I took them to the pool recently uh, found out pool prices have went up uh, when I was little it cost a dollar to get into the pool I took two kids to the pool. They said $48. I said, what the fuck they swimming in? Fiji water? Why? <laughs> Why so expensive? And she said, well, you can just pay $500 and get a pool pass and then come back every day this summer. I said, no, fuck you and the pool pass. I paid $48, but I was upset. And I told her I was upset. It was hot, crowded, kids are everywhere. 
then out the blue, two women walk in, uh, sit down beside me, and introduce themselves as Jamie and Amy. Uh, Jamie and Amy start rubbing sunscreen all over each other. And then simultaneously, they just take off their bikini tops and just lay there and sunbathe with their breasts out in front of like 60 fucking kids. And parents were shocked. It was pandemonium. They jumped up. They were covering their kids' eyes. I jumped up. I snatched my kids out the pool. I marched up front. I found the first person that worked there. I said, do you work here? He said, yes, I do. How can I help you? I said, I need to buy a pool pass. <laughs> Because this place is fun as shit. I like what you did with everything. <laughs> he said, well, you get two additional names on your pool pass. What's your kids' names? I'll write them down. I said, fuck these kids. Put down Jamie and Amy. <laughs> if you could, they got their breasts out. That's right. Cheer for titties. It's cool, man. What else, man? I took my white friend to a Snoop Dogg concert recently. Uh, during the concert, Snoop's up there rapping some weird shit. And my white friend looks at me, he said, Jason, why do so many black people make up words and put them in their songs? And there was nothing I could say. Fo shizzle, my nizzle, skeet, skeet, skeet. These aren't real words. We made that shit up. But then I thought about it and I said, wait a minute. White people started this shit. <laughs> like you ever seen the movie Grease? <laughs> Those aren't real words, man. <laughs> they just out there, we go together like rama lama lama. Connickety <laughs> ding da dong. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I never said shit like that in my life. <laughs> I never had some girl like, you know what, Jason? We're through. I'm like, come on, baby, but we go together like shoo up, shawada wada, yippity. <laughs> my friends in the back, like, shoot a bop bop, shoot a bop bop. <laughs> It's crazy. I love Grease, man. My parents thought I was gay because I used to sing these Grease songs. They used to try to introduce me to little boys and shit. I'm not even gay, man. I know you can't just look at someone and tell if they're gay. That makes no sense. Uh, well, besides my cousin, I do have a gay cousin. Uh, you can tell he's gay. He's cool as shit. He's himself all the time. He's actually a cop and don't even carry a real gun. He just shoots people with his fingers all day. <laughs> He'll be on duty all day just pew, pew. <laughs> You better get down. <laughs> she said, get down. I said, I said, man, you better get your real gun before you die. He said, you gonna die. Pim, shot me in my face. I said, son of a bitch, he crazy. <laughs> I love my family and women. I just feel like it's hard for me to get a woman now that I'm married. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you guys changed on me, man. I love all types of women. I like chicks with tattoos. I just don't think you should get a tattoo of your boyfriend's name. I had one girl, she said, Jay, I'm going to rock your world. I said, that's what's up. She pulled off her shirt. She had eight guys' names tattooed <laughs> on her back. I didn't know what to do. I signed in, took a seat. I said, shit. <laughs> Hope I'm next. That got to be a work at five. I <laughs> I just read a magazine, then I left. I ain't know. <laughs> Women are sneaky. They ask you trick questions. 
My wife asked me a trick question the other day. She said, Jason, if you could sleep with any of my friends, who would it be? I'm not sure what the correct answer is, but I do know the incorrect answer <laughs> is Nikki. And uh, <laughs> I was confident too. I thought for sure. Turns out, no, not, not at all. <laughs> I joke, but I love my wife now, you know. <laughs> I wasn't ready the first time she said it to me. She looked me dead in the eye. She said, I love you. I didn't know what to say. I told her, I don't know what to say. She said, just say how you feel. I said, sleepy, but what does that mean? <laughs> you got to treat these women right, man. I'm tired of my friends breaking up with women for no reason, just leaving them. I saw my boy Tony the other day. I said, Tony, how's Tasha doing? He said, man, I left that chick. She got three badass kids. I said, Tony, them are your kids. <laughs> you can't leave a girl because your kids are bad. You have to have a good excuse when you leave someone. Like my ex-girlfriend who left me because according to her, I will never amount to anything. Uh, 15 years later, let me just say this. Lucky guess, bitch. Like, <laughs> you ain't know. <laughs> you know, I was gonna turn <laughs> She ain't a psychic, yeah? She's just a good ass guesser. That's all that shit. <laughs> oh, shit. God, I gotta get out of here. Uh, before I go, though, I wanna uh, just take some time to talk about something serious. I'm not sure if you guys watched the news recently. Uh, but there is a crisis where teachers are just sleeping with the students all the time. And it's on TV all the time. Every day, I'm on season five right now. You got to tune in <laughs> to channel 10. You got to put it on channel 10. And it's like one weekend, there are three or four different stories about teachers having sex with their students. And then Monday morning, I wake up, turn on the news, and it was like another 40-year-old teacher was caught having sex with her student. Tuesday morning, I wake up, turn on the news. Another 38-year-old teacher was caught having sex with her student. Wednesday morning, I was at the bus stop with a backpack and a lunchbox. So was... Little kid came up, he said, are you excited? I said, you have no fucking idea. Why didn't you tell me? You should have told me. <laughs> I couldn't have had sex with my teacher, though. Reason being, I was scared of sex because I caught my parents having sex when I was six years old and I thought my mom was going to die. <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. I come downstairs to get a drink of water and there they are just going at it. And I freaked out. I started crying. I'm peeing on myself because <laughs> I thought they were fighting. And by the looks of things, dad's winning, right? <laughs> he in there hitting her like, what's my name? What's my name? I'm a mama's boy. I'm outside in the hallway trying to help her. I'm like, mama, say Jean. <laughs> say Jean, mama, please. You got to trust me. Yeah. He was like, who's your daddy? I said, oh, we know this one. <laughs> say grandpa, mama, please. <laughs> if you would just say it. I didn't know what to do, man. I freaked out. I thought she was going to die. I called the police on my dad. <laughs> I dialed 911, but nothing happened because my gay cousin showed up. He said, Pim, you better get out here, Uncle Gene. <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, that's gonna do it for me. My name is Jason Banks. I appreciate you listening to my bullshit. Jason Banks, everybody! Jason Banks, one more time for Jason. Funny, 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 funny. Oh, man. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, I have watched you uh, from what I think is the get-go. I, I just, when you... I saw on this funny bone stage for the very first time. I just thought, man, that's a guy that just that just has got the gift, right? He's good. He's just what what was you, we're talking about first tonight? What was your first time on stage, man? Do you remember? Uh yeah, it was at a club in uh, Cuyahoga Falls called the Funny Stop. The Funny Stop. Yeah, man. I was actually just in Florida. It was actually improv. I was watching an improv show in Florida, and they were like, we're having these classes afterwards. I was like, how cool would that be for that to be your job, right? Cool. Right. I believe you. It's, so I was like, that would be so. So when I came back, I was asking people, and they were like, hey, man, there's a uh, comedy club. So I just called this guy, and he was like, yeah, I put you up on Tuesday. You have five minutes. So I had to write a five-minute set. Actually, and it was in a contest, but I came back each week and I ended up winning the contest with two other people. They picked three winners, like Sumak, Torgalkar, and Katrina Brown. And so uh, I know Sumak. I don't know the the, the third person you mentioned. Yeah, uh, she's a, she's a, she's a big com- comedian from Canton, and um, yeah. So they just kept working me. So I just kept. So what was back. the first joke? What was the first joke you remember coming up with that actually worked on stage? And you like, I could do this. Oh man, that's so funny to say because. Man, your whole first set sucks so bad right? when you watch right. it. And what's sad, if you really want to watch it, you can YouTube me. It's like the o- it's like one of the only sets up there because the person that recorded it, I can't find them to tell them to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up there, and it's so bad, man. But uh, I don't know. I think it, I think a lot of my stuff was always about fighting from the beginning, and I think it was just about. It was a stupid ass joke about people saying pick on someone your own size and it limited me down to like women and children. So like, what do I look like going into like an elementary school, waking up a kid like, hush little Jessica, don't say a <laughs> word. Like, it was real stupidness and the laugh was like that. <laughs> but it was fun. So but I, you remember also that you gotta remember the first time that you killed it and said, all right, this is what I have to do in life, right? You gotta remember that first time you fucking just smoked it. Uh, it was just the other day. <laughs> I started in 2007, and the other day I smoked it. I did the other day. You should have been there, guys. No, do you remember it though? Seriously? Uh, I would say just throughout that contest, I wrote some other stuff, and there would be some jokes that would hit really hard, and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so I just kept writing stuff, kept coming back. Like I was, like it's so different because then I would never want, I realized you have to work on the same jokes and make them funnier and funnier, but then I never wanted to say the same shit. So I'd always write new stuff and it was always fun to do. How do you feel about that now? I mean, obviously oh, you're I still hate writing, writing new stuff. Like, <laughs> I try so hard, but everything sounds stupid. No, because you strike me as the type of person who, who draws from his life and, and finds the funny in it. And, and I think that's probably the most naturalistic type of humor there is out there. If you can draw from your own experiences and translate them to something that people can relate to, which obviously they did tonight, I think that's the best thing. And you got, you're married. You, did you, does your wife like you being a comic? Uh, I don't know. Like she did at <laughs> first, but I think sometimes now I think she's just like, like I'll try a joke at her and she'll just look at me like, just call, call Kenny. See if <laughs> Don't use me as the judge. Yeah, but does I, she think you're funny? But she does. She likes I, what she likes is she likes when she goes to a show 
and then she sees other people. She's like she'll watch the crowd. So like she'll sit there. If she was here tonight, she'd be in the middle and she'll know about all you guys. And as you guys walk to the car and you will walk past me and you say hi, she'd be like, Don't say hi to her. She ain't laugh one fucking time. I'd be like, Oh shit. So she got your back. Yeah, yeah. So but she, she's cool. She she'll watch the show. She got your back that she disagree with what you think is, is is funny sometimes does she offer that type of criticism no and, and has it ever affected no never no, she never you no know, because i always thought i was like man i say some crazy stuff sometimes and i was like I, so i'll tell her at first though just see what she see if she says you're gonna say that as long as she don't say you're gonna say that i'll say it like fuck it, it's cool but i'm always worried that she's gonna be like why would you say that because you a lot of your stuff like i said stems from your family you talk about your kids and do you talk about your wife? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Are you afraid? No, <laughs> no. And she's not as funny as the kids. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> like, these, oh, I don't even do this joke. So, I'd, like, I do a joke where it's about how long my son takes to say that I have a conversation with me. But it is so true. Like, who has kids, right? that when they start telling you something, they never, they don't even get to the middle of the sentence and it'd be the most craziest shit. Sometimes I'd be like, just say it. Just hurry the fuck up and say what you gotta say. Get, skip four words and just go to the end. So I, he, so I wrote a joke about it, but then I felt bad about it because he, I, I'll practice my stuff out loud if they're home. Like if they're home, it's like nobody's home to me, right? I just say my stuff out loud. If they hear it, they're playing games, they're watching TV. So he'll hear the joke about him and then he'll repeat it and I'll be like, oh, you know I really don't care that you talk like that, right? Like, I love you, it doesn't matter that you talk slow. So sometimes I feel bad that I write about him. I probably shouldn't. There's an episode of the Waynes Brothers where Marlon talked about his family and they were pissed, yeah? <laughs> and I should probably look at that and be like, ah, I should back up. But isn't some of the stuff you've talked about and said on stage uh, and about your kids, as you mentioned earlier, on YouTube right now. I mean, is, is it something that they, as they get older, they could look up and see? And, uh, would, and wouldn't they be honored in some sense that their daddy found the humor in their lives and was able to make a living and a career <laughs> off of it? Or are they going to be on some psychologist's couch? <laughs> My dad talked about genuine so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? And, you know, those, see, that's what's crazy, though. Like, I feel like I was still answering the first question, but <laughs> those stories are all true. Like, genuine was here. I, I have a genuine joke. It's amazing. Go, go, we, got, we got about two minutes. Tell it. I, I went to a genuine concert. Well, I don't want to tell the jokes. I'm trying to explain the difference. Like, the joke is I say I went to a genuine concert. It was only $5 or a can good to get in. So I said, fuck it. I grabbed some ravioli and I jumped in the car. But like the true story is I'm at this state fair just chilling and they were like genuine six dollars. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I paid six dollars <laughs> and I just walked in and watched genuine sing and it was cool as shit. So a lot of the stuff I do talk about is true. Just like I know we got two minutes, we're down to a minute. Just like this is horrible, but just like the uh, pool pass story I told, it wasn't like that. But the true story is I took him to the pool, I'm laying there, and I'm just this lady comes over and she bends over and starts digging through her stuff and I just look up and her nipple <laughs> popped out. But what's crazy is right before that, my wife was trying to talk me into buying pool passes. And when I looked up and I saw that, I looked at her and I was like, we can get the pool pass if you <laughs> want to get the pool pass. Uh, Jason Banks, everybody. Yay. Jason Banks, yeah. And I heard the buzzer, which means time is up for our competitors. Jason, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.
I appreciate you. Sarah, no, everybody stay right here because we're going we're gonna to sit here and listen to what the boys have come up with. So let's bring our competitors back to the stage. Travis Irvine and Ben Ledick, ladies and gentlemen. Let them hear it. Come on. Come on. All right. Is that microphone working again, Chip? All right, cool. You weren't kidding about John being an asshole. The donut stuck to the plate. <laughs> Not even edible. All right, John. This one. Okay, here we go. All right, thank you for the momentary delay there. Gentlemen, congratulations. Uh, did you uh, feel the 20 minutes was adequate to do what you had to do? Come up to the microphone and, 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 and talk, please. It was adequate. It was adequate. Travis? We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> All right, so once again, Travis, please tell us what your premise was. Uh, my premise was going through TSA slash security at the airport. Thank you, Travis. Ben, your premise was? Uh, forced to go shopping at Ikea with girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, and their mother. Uh-huh. All right, so let me flip the coin. And uh, Ben, you get the, you get the option if you, win the if you win the flip, that is. Ready? Tails. It is heads again. Yes. All right. <laughs> you, you lost. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that, Travis, you get to decide whether or not you want to go first or second this evening for the premise. Number two all day, Dino. Number two all day. So, ladies and gentlemen, with only 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up material, improvisational comedian Ben Ledick and his premise forced to go shopping at Ikea with girlfriend, wife, or boyfriend, and their mother. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ben. Uh, so here's the deal. I didn't know how lonely I was supposed to be until I was judged harshly by a premise. I've never gone shopping with a, a wife. <laughs> a girlfriend or their mother because I've really only had one girlfriend. So this, this premise has judged me so harshly and uh, I have to sit with that now. But here's the thing, I do love Ikea. It gives me like immense anxiety. It's like Costco for furniture. But instead of shopping carts that are just left, it's a child there and somebody's like, oh, I wanna see what it's like to live in 300 square feet. <laughs> they have a house, like I don't have that. I'm walking through like a, like a frugal man, and, but I, I, I love to shop like a frugal man, but I brag about it like a mom after Black Friday. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you see those towels? You can dry your hands on those. $3, 12 of them. <laughs> this twin bed, 70 bucks, with the mattress, and the hot dogs, 50 cents. Corrugated meat, it's delicious. <laughs> I love those hot dogs. I won't dog those. Sometimes I'll go there just for the hot dogs, and they do compete with Costco on those hot dogs. You just put the relish on there. It's Heinz relish, so free relish, in fact. Free relish. But I, I do love shopping there, and I, I love going through and seeing all of the different maze things that I can get lost in and buy nothing because it can't fit. I live in a house with seven other people. Right? Right? <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. It's affordable. <laughs> 
So that's why I do it. But I've been to three, I've been to three Costco's, three different Costco's. I've traveled the world in Costco's. And every time I'm leaving a Costco, I'm looking through going, oh, that could be my girlfriend. Mm, no, I don't like the way that she's shopping with her mother. It seems too forced. <laughs> oh, right over there. That could be my boyfriend. Mm, not my way. Oh, I see it. I see a mom. I see her daughter. Appropriate age, mind you. 30s. I'm not going for that Cosby album. <laughs> I see him and I go, there it is. There's my reason to break this premise and get a girlfriend. And I go ask her out and she goes, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I walk away slowly going, still got it. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Ben Lennick, everybody. Ben Lennick. All right, mull that over and uh, welcome our next competitor once again to the stage. Travis Irvine, everybody. Travis with the premise. Going through TSA security at the airport. All right, everybody, Travis Irvine. Hello. Thank you, guys. I, I am gunning for the Kentucky Gentleman Whiskey. I do want to lose, so if you guys could keep your laughter at a minimum. Uh, because uh, the Kentucky Gentleman, what, Dino, you described it as, it sucks, but there's more of it? That's kind of like my comedy, folks. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. It's going to suck. All right. It'll be fine. No, this is a, a good premise, because as you can tell just by looking at me, I obviously have a lot of problems going through TSA security at the airport. Number one, what are you doing here, sir? This is where the, the planes take off. I'm here for the Greyhound. What's going on? Is this the right building? Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but then uh, I just, I look like this, right? I, I, I don't look like I'm in ISIS, but it does look like I watch a YouTube video about it and like kind of interested, you know what I mean? I look like an Amish boy who ran away, but he should probably go back, right? <laughs> What is up with the beard? I look like a Civil War general at the Battle of Bonnaroo, all right? <laughs> I am a target when I walk into an airport, and I can feel it when I go in there, right? Because here's the vibe I give off, is that I'm an attractive man, but I'm ruining it. Does that make sense? They're just like, why don't you shave that beard and get more sleep and try? I'm like, whoa, when did you get here, right? <laughs> did not know there were more people in the house. Um, but that's what, that's what I get all the time. Um, and I always, people are always like, you look like a famous person on drugs, right? That's what it's like. The, that is the vibe I always give off. It doesn't matter where I am, especially airports. Someone came up to me once at an airport, and they were like, hey, man, you kind of look like Johnny Depp on crack. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That's a compliment, and then not a compliment. I appreciate that. That's what I get all the time, though. I get Johnny Depp on crack, James Franco on crack, Colin Farrell on crack, Matthew McConaughey on crack, and Robert Downey Jr., normal. So check that guy's pockets. And here's the thing about TSA. We all know the thing about TSA, uh, the, there's one big problem with TSA, and that is they're all a bunch of perverts, right? We all know that. We've all had to do it. Because I remember years ago, I swore off going through the big machine, right? The big machine where you got to make the pose and they take a picture of you. And then I read a report, a news report, that they keep those pictures. TSA people were keeping the pictures and trading them around and, and doing jerky workies with those things and stuff, right? <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm never going through one of those machines again, right? What's the alternative? 
Well, they're going to fill you up pretty good. That's the alternative is them touching you and then thinking about it later, I assume, for more jerky-worky, right? That's how these people operate. So uh, I've, I've swore off doing uh, the big TSA, uh, the big uh, the machine thing, and I've only done pat-downs for years and years and years. And uh, as I was mentioning before, pat-downs are also great for getting away with sneaking in some drugs. Hello. All right. Yep. Oh, one lady. Okay. The rest of you are cops. That's fine. That's good. I'm just saying, live on the edge sometimes. And by the edge, I mean jail. Um, so uh, I remember one time I go in for a pat-down. And, you know, not every state is very good about this. Um, I was flying out of New Mexico on Valentine's Day. And uh, my buddy had given me a marijuana cookie. And I go into the airport. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll uh, eat it on the plane. It'll be great. And then it turns out um, there's a bunch of uh, drug dogs and everything going on down there. And I was like, oh, Lord, I better just eat this entire cookie right now and just save myself the trouble. Big mistake, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you've ever had a marijuana cookie in New Mexico, but it's like Gary Johnson made them, pretty much. Um, <laughs> you forget what Aleppo is, and you forget you're running for office. That's what I'm trying to say. Very powerful stuff. And uh, so I get to the thing, and I'm pretty much freaking out by this point, by the time I get to TSA. And they got the machine there, and you know it's like glowing at me. I'm like, no thanks, I'll take the pat down. And uh, here comes the biggest, burliest fella you could ever see on a Valentine's Day. Uh, he pulls me over, and uh, this guy, uh, how do we say? Um, it was, he was very thorough, sir. He was very thorough that day. Um, uh, with, with a kid who is clearly on a marijuana cookie and looking like uh, some Amish kid uh, who has run away from home forever. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was very thorough, but he was very polite and uh, very, uh, uh, very considerate. And he stood up after we were done, looked me in the eyes, and was like, happy Valentine's Day. And I was like, thank you, sir, you too. And we all got our cookies that day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. That's my time. Travis Irvine! TSA sucks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's invite our two contestants back up to these two chairs so we can chat a little bit. Ben and Travis, have a seat right here. Uh, ben, grab that microphone. Travis, grab this microphone. And we're going, yeah, you can pour some if you. No, I got this one. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, one more round of applause for Ben Ledick and Travis Irvine. Hey. Both of them only had 20 minutes to uh, riff on that premise of what they had. And um, go ahead, man. Pour some Coopers. Going to need a little bit more Coopers. Coopers Craft Bourbon. Not a sponsor, but could be. Here we go, Ben. Ben did not. Anybody else? All right. So um, the panel, Jason Banks and Sarah Storr. Not easy to say after three bourbons. Say it three times fast. Sarah Store, Sarah Store, Sarah Store. Okay, I'm good. Um, the panel is also here to ask no, some questions. I will start with Sarah. Do you have any any uh, questions as to what the process was for these two gentlemen? I'm uh, Ben, being an improv comic, and you being in the improv world. Who do you think had the advantage tonight, Sarah? Uh, it's it's really hard to say. So definitely, my heart is with the, the improviser, and this is a very different process for an improviser. So oh, yes. Ben had 20 minutes to think about it, which means he probably had a hundred ideas, and then still had to like follow one down a pathway. And honestly, Ben probably would have been more comfortable to have gotten that premise right before he went up. Ben, so it's a different process for in, sure. In fairness to Ben, he actually asked me if that could happen. 
if he could get it right then and there. And I said, no, that'll kind of mess up the flow of the yeah. show. So he did He did request I did. that. I wanted that because my my thoughts will be like, ooh, this will be funny. And then I have a second to think about it. And then it sucks after that second. <laughs> so you're saying that yeah. when, when you have time to think about it, you doubt yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But being in that moment, you're reading the audience, you're feeling the audience more. especially. And I also feel that bad way. that you picked the, 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 the premise where... Oh no! If you I can talk, if I can talk about how lonely I am on stage, yeah. Oh, I love it. Really? Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like that—that that happy dance on losing is like, yeah. Because so things you, are only going you, up from there. You relish in your disparity in life? Um, it's not disparity. It just appears as disparity for mm-hmm. others. For others. For others' enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Travis, when you got the TSA security, you seem to be able to kind of riff on all different areas. You kind of went out of the box a little bit, but then came back into it a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I kind of relied on, on some, uh, some standard jokes about how I look, right? A lot of comedians try to open up. You open up your set with making fun of yourself, right? Um, and, then, and then what I try to do is think of uh, stories about TSA, and I remember distinctly that one in New Mexico on Valentine's Day, which, you know, if you got more time to workshop it and find the, the funny pieces in a punchline, but even then, it's like, that is always the one, because I, I mean, you know, I ran for governor as a libertarian. Thank you very much. That's about, oh boy. There, that, is, there, that is literally how many votes there, I got, there, but that's there, fine. There, there's your one vote. She's still rooting for no, you. No, no, she had a yard sign She's and everything. She's still asking for a recount. Yeah, I am too. What did we get? I think I lost by two million votes, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just, uh, you know, you try to do a little uh, self-deprecating comedy and then, and then try to lean into a story. I think you both leaned into the self-deprecating. Jason, you got some thoughts? No, I, I just want to know, do you have any TSA jokes already in your set that you do? No, no. I, I used to have airplane jokes, but we didn't get to any. I had them as a, the safety in case I was really stinking. Uh, I was going to throw them in at the end, but I, I, I haven't done those airplane jokes in years because, again, I don't fly on airplanes very much. I don't know if that's obvious. I just can't afford it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's Allegiant. Allegiant is, is good. Is really Greyhound cheap. is good. Um, it's just Uber crazy is because fun. I feel like when Travis is on stage, like if you'd have seen him do his normal set, it would have been just like that. More crazy laughs, but just him, just so fast. There's no him stopping to think. If he would have got the other premise, he would have been the same way on stage. I, I adore his comment. I know he and looks like he just rolled out of bed like I'm going to stay. And I think if Ben would have gotten TSA, I think if Ben would have gotten the TSA security, it would have still been lonely. Given the, it would have still been lonely. I don't know if you know like I fly alone. But with the beard, but with the beard in your presence, you kind of look, you know, you kind of look kind of kind of terroristic a little that? bit. Yeah. Yo, but I'm opening. You want to fly together? Let's fly together. Absolutely. Right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, you got, if you guys fly together, time. you'll never get on a fucking plane. Ever. Yeah, ever. Ever. I'll ever. Drugs, you bring the bomb. It'll be you great. Ever. Yeah, it'll be Wait, I feel so like that's say, much worse for me. Yeah, I'll say this for the improv comedian. Um, typically, we just have more time to like rest into something and then the funny comes from there. And that's where stand-up dippers is like, that, and that's where Travis really shines. He's yeah. able to come out and like pound you in the face immediately. Where like Ben style, if, if we had had more time like the two of us, we would have gotten those laughs. We would have been fine. Two of us working together. Drunk ladies in the back. Yeah. You can always so, count on the drunk ladies <laughs> in the back. Actually, I, I identified when I was listening to both of you, I identified with, with both of you on, on, on some level. Um, 
there was a time where there was the the loneliness and oh yeah and i've never been to ikea ever <laughs> in my life ever so you're you're missing out and not and not all at the same time <laughs> and you i um was coming back from saint martin for a corporate gig and i had to um go through security and customs this is before 9-11 and uh Apparently, I matched the description, facially, physically, of a drug dealer that was on their alert at the time named Domingo Travaris. Oh, and Dino My name is Dino Trapotis. A very unimaginative Domingo Travaris might have changed his name to Dino Trapotis to avoid. Uh, and I got... I got the whole strip search. You probably got the back room treatment. I got, I got the whole back room. They went through everything. I had the dogs sniffing, and I, and I had a Woody Allen moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. The dogs are sniffing me, and I went, I, I, uh, I, 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 had a, I had a hot dog in St. Martin. You know, <laughs> that's why the dogs were sniffing me, and they yeah. enjoyed, it, enjoyed it so much. But yeah, man, they went through the whole thing before they let me, let me go through, and I missed my flight, and I had to get another flight, but... They wow. thought I was Domingo Chavaris. And, you, and you're saying you're not Domingo Chavaris? I am not Domingo. I am cool. saying, I am saying for the record, and in front of all of you uh, 87 people, I am not Domingo Chavaris, notorious drug dealer from wherever. <laughs> to be fair, but, though, when I texted Ben to say a man named Dino Tropotis is going to text you about this show, he did not believe me. He did not. He thought yeah. he thought I, you'd be I, I Domingo Travaris. So, yeah, I, that would have made more up. sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take a call from Domingo. Uh, so let me ask you this, guys. If um, first of all, let me ask the audience: Are you guys having a good time tonight overall? Yeah. I love that back table. Hands yeah, up every time. Hands go straight up. Because this is our, this is kind of our, this is whiskey business stretching its legs and trying to go into deeper waters. And we hope everybody had a good time tonight. And we want to do this again. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me say this. Uh, I was going to say it at the close, but I'll say it now. Uh, the kind people at Shadowbox Live and Upfront Stage have invited us back here on August the 20th to do the premise again. Will you tell your friends? More importantly, Ben, improv comedian, and Travis, stand-up comedian, would you, would you recommend this competition to your friends or your enemies? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> you said it yes with like, oh, I got a, I got a stand-up who could do this who would love it. Uh -huh. You said it like, oh, there's somebody I fucking hate and I can't oh, yeah. wait for him to do it. <laughs> I would love to see him squirm, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, squirm, 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 squirm. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys would actually uh, encourage somebody to come back and do this. Would you people like to see this again here at uh, Front Stage? Yeah. Jason. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Can you hear me? Yeah. As a part of my contract, I forgot. Guys, I will be here <laughs> next Tuesday. Here? Here. What, here? At the Front Stage, yes. Yes, McElwain's Tuesdays. DJ Dangler and myself. Uh, well, Nikki Winkleman's hosting. Please come out. And I'm so happy I remember to say that. Oh, man, so am so I. I didn't know I did. You didn't say shit about it when I was texting you back and forth. 
I'm glad you guys clapped for my memory. All right, well, let's make this a plug-a-thon then. All right, Jason got his in, Sarah. Let's oh, get yours in. Are we in. plugging? I'm also going to be headlining the Columbus oh, Funny Phone September 5th and October 6th. And catch me on True TV this fall. Yeah, when, when on True TV? Uh, this fall. They don't give me a this date fall. yet, but I got two more episodes. And so come check them out at the Funny Bone for sure. Jason Banks right there, everybody. Everybody. Sarah, let's remind the short-term memory folks what you got going on as well. Um, I'm uh, every Drunk girls, let her talk, drunk, let her talk. Drunk girls. Drunk girls. No, for real, though, I'm, I'm going to plug Jason for a second. He's one of my favorite comedians I've ever seen, ever. He's always the coolest dude in the I room. I agree. And yeah. if you can get, like, a full 30, 40 minutes from this man, it's, am it's amazing, Absolutely. truly. Um, but also come see me sometime. <laughs> Sarah, everybody, uh, Sarah. I make up, I make up music on the spot. I would love to do your premise sometime and make up a song to that. We're here every Wednesday, first and third Friday. We've actually talked on Whiskey Business about about uh, bringing the whole premise musical makeup thing to Whiskey Business. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 I would love to do that. that would I would be love amazing. to do that. Yes. I said it in the intro. The lovely and talented Sarah's story. Yes, agree, Thank everybody. You. She can take a compliment. Ben, what do you got going on? Uh, so I've got a podcast called Ongs, O-N-G-S. And, and I actually thought, I almost asked you beforehand if that was like, like uh, I said, is it Ongs? I went to ask you if it's Ongs or is it, you know, you, you hit the text wrong and it was O-M-G's. Oh, know, no, it's I'm not. I'm it's Ongs. It's not. It's Ongs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Ongs. Uh, it's songs without the S. It's like PetSmart kind of thing where it's like the S works for both of them. Um, so <laughs> that's a, it's a conversation and then uh, with anybody, and we then make music about that conversation and edit it all up. It's a, been a blast. Sarah was on it, uh, and some cool songs came out of that. And then next Thursday, I have a show at the Nest Theater. I'm, I'm plugging a different oh. place. I apologize. That's with Best Boy. It's a fantastic show with my good friend John Kuhn or Kuhn he's quietly clapping in the back which there. is it Kuhn or Kuhn it depends on what day you ask him what day is this it's it's uh, Thursday is it is it Kuhn or Kuhn Kuhn, Kuhn. there you go that's right. at 8 o'clock uh, next Thursday at the Nest Theater at the Nest the comedy of Travis Irvine guy from Ohio uh, Travis this CD is available where uh, in my pocket right now, I brought five, <laughs> I thought so. five I thought lucky much. customers here. Uh, but you uh, can also hear it on Sirius XM playing on Laugh USA. It's been playing there for the last year and a half. So that's really exciting uh, for me, at least. And uh, I, and yeah. I, I, I got to bring up the fact that in some of the uh, tweets and the Instagrams, you, you encourage people to come out because it was your last performance in Columbus, Ohio. What does that mean? This uh, this is my last show in Columbus. I'm moving to L.A. August 1st. So, uh, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll run out of money in two months. So I'll see you guys in October. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. I've got room on my twin bed for you. If you you need got it. a twin you bed? You already have seven okay. people oh, in your baby. place. All right. I'm we moving can do in. eight. Yeah, we can do eight. We can do eight. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, one more big round of applause for our very brave competitors, Ben Ledick and Travis Irvin. And now, stay seated, gentlemen. And now, and you can stand up if you want, boys, uh, to milk whatever applause you need from the audience. Yeah, we'll just hang. It out is over time. Here. It is time to crown a winner of the very first premise. Uh, we're gonna start with our the guy that went up second, and make him go up first, ladies and gentlemen. What did you think of three to five minutes of stand up? With only 20 minutes to write it, 
Travis Irvine, stand up. If you only had that, those many votes when you're running for governor. And ladies and gentlemen, with only 20 minutes to rate, three to five minutes to stand up on a very lonely, lonely premise that he had nothing to do with. Ben Ledick, everybody. And now uh, I will indulgently ask you both to stand up on stage as I ask the audience one more time. Ben Ledick, everybody. <laughs> Travis Irvine. <laughs> I think we have our winner, ladies and gentlemen, winner of the first premise as he goes out to Los Angeles, California with nothing in his pocket but a bottle of Maker's Mark. Travis Irvine is the winner! Travis Irvine wins the bottle of Maker's Mark, but Ben, Ben, Ben. To compliment those lonely, lonely nights, when things are looking bad and desperate. No, no, come back, 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 come back. The loser gets a buddy, a buddy. Oh, yeah, it is a buddy. You know? It's a Kentucky gentleman. It's a bottle and it's a buddy. It's a buddy. Kentucky gentleman is a buddy. It's a buddy when you're low and desperate and down on your luck and you only got 10 bucks to buy a liter, literally a liter of fucking whiskey. This is your boy right here, Kentucky Gentleman. See, all of that is totally fine by itself, but I know what precedes the whiskey. What precedes the whiskey, my oh, friend? an album. Yeah. And that's where all of those comments have so much more weight to them. Get out of when here, When you're desperate, snakes. when you're low. You get, you get the bottle of Kentucky Gentleman. Oh, yeah. To drown your comedy sorrows. Oh. And... I started out as a child, Bill Cosby's LP, right here. There you go. Hooray. Hooray. Let me just read some of the cuts off of this. Oh, my God. There is one called Medic. Half Man. Got so quiet. Rigor Mortis. Yeah. And My Pet. So it'd be very interesting to hear what Bill Cosby had to say as I started out as a child, but there you go. Ben, yeah. I recommend not flying with this. Not <laughs> flying with that. I'll just take that right there. Yeah, just, you, yeah I got it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, I got Butterfingers. Anybody is welcome to Ben, you to don't that. have to take that. I oh, can, I don't? I can, I, you know, it's sad because... Much like a lot of people out here, we all grew up with Bill Cosby, and it's a goddamn shame that that everything has happened the way it's happened and he's left himself ex uh, available and exploited for humor. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, but he has. All right, so on that final note, let's uh, one more big round of applause for all my guests this evening. Ben Lenick, Travis Irvine, Jason Banks, the lovely and talented Sarah Storr.
I also want to remind you, nice people, that Whiskey Business is a podcast that we air on a weekly basis. You'll be able to hear yourselves in this one, as Greg Hansberry said, starting on Monday. The following Monday, on July 29th, a wonderful man by the name of Jesse Hubbard was our guest, who is the head bartender at the Great Southern Whiskey Bar at the Westin. We had a wonderful talk. He was the... uh, Negroni Spirit Champion winner for making an absolutely great Negroni. He was on our podcast, and he also made a whiskey business cocktail that he will premiere at the Westin at the Great Southern Whiskey Bar the week his podcast airs on July 29th. And it is de-fucking-licious. Trust me, it is. So big thanks to Jesse Hubbard. Just listen for that podcast on July 29th. This one, I also want to thank, um, of course... Sarah Storer, who actually concocted this whole idea for us to come to Shadowbox Live. So give her some extra love right there. I also want to thank Nikki Winkleman for for actually uh, setting this all up and being with us when we did the walkthrough to make sure we got everything right and indulging us to coming here at 5 p.m. this evening to set up. Nikki's great, and she's got shows here at Shadowbox on a regular basis. Check them out. And even though uh, when we do this the next time, we're actually going to do, uh, on August 20th, we may do a, a two or three camera shoot. If we do that, it will be at the expense and the generosity of a, a wonderful man by the name of Day Lee from Planetary Media, who's here tonight. Day, where are you at? Right there. We got one of your cameras back there to, to watch and see all the mistakes that we made, so we'll get it right when we do it with you again on August the 20th. Uh, Dave Lee, thank you for the camera. Also want to thank John Whitney, our video producer and creator of The Premise. Chip Chip Cosell, who's been also making sure I keep on time. Where are you, Chip? Right there, there he is. Chip Cosell. And the guy that's been with me from the very, very beginning of Whiskey Business, he's the, I, I, I tease and say he's the son I've never wanted, but I tell you what, I think his parents are here tonight, and if you don't want them anymore, I'll take them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Hansberry, yeah. That wraps it up for us tonight here at the Upfront Stage at Shadowbox Live. I can't thank you people, friends, family, and, and everybody who came out tonight, strangers who just listen to Whiskey Business, you, my friend, who come out on a regular basis. Thank you, Honor. I, I appreciate it. And people who I haven't seen in a long time who decided to come out and share their love for what we do. Thank you so much. And so, as I close on every podcast, until the next bottle, see ya. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.